Friends of the Coaching Tree Podcast, welcome back to episode three. We have a very special guest and I will introduce him in a minute. But today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Newport Craft Brewing and Distilling. They've been brewing craft beer since 1999 and distilling spirits since 2006. Every drop sold is brewed, distilled, bottled, and canned in their Newport, Rhode Island facility. I can tell you firsthand from being up there, it is a tremendous location, a beautiful setting to go out with family and friends. And when things open up again, hopefully in the summer, it's a must visit if you're in the area, which everyone should go visit Newport, Rhode Island because it's fantastic. And they're actually giving, doing a hand sanitizer drive through uh, They're giving away two four-ounce bottles per person, and it's tomorrow, Friday, April 17th, from 12 to 2, over at Claiborne Pell Elementary School. So we'd like to give our thanks again to our friends at Newport Craft Brewing and Distilling. We'd like to welcome in a very special guest and a good personal friend, the great Wellington Smith, the Summit, New Jersey high school basketball standout who PG'd for a year at the prominent Blair Academy and then went on for a tremendous four years at West Virginia University, reaching a final four and winning a Big East championship in the same season. So unprecedented success, a great guy. A must listen if you are a fan of basketball, if you're a high school basketball player who wants to play at the next level, if you're a parent, uh, if you're a coach, this guy knows what he's talking about. He's lived it. He's had experiences that most of us can only dream about. And he's extremely eloquent in the way he breaks down the sport that we all love. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Mr. Wellington Smith. Coming in, Wellington Smith in our third episode here. He is a, a good personal friend of mine and grew up in Summit, New Jersey. Went on to play a year at Blair Academy and then ended up playing at West Virginia University for four years. And we're super excited to have him on. I can't wait to, to dive into some of this stuff for them. But let me first ask you, Wells, when you think about high school, we'll take it all the way back. Like how much time did you, when you were at Summit, how much time did you really put in, in terms of training before you got to Blair and all that stuff, strength training, skills work, how much time were you really putting in? Uh, you know, I put in a ton of time, um, but, you know, kind of to go back to, you know, where I, it all started and the, um, not the reason for my success, but, you know, a, a huge part of it uh, was, you know, this gentleman by the name of Mike Rogers and Mike, uh, was this old guy. He actually walked into uh Rawway's gym because you know Rawway used to hold like this this big Christmas tournament. Yep. And uh and he was you know he was like you know I think you can go high D one and could be a professional basketball player if you work on your handle and work on the things that you need to and, and get stronger. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well you know shoot I'm just a sophomore. I'm working on trying to get get 10 rebounds a game. You know, now you're right. talking about something totally different. And, you know, so he, he started, you know, the, he, he planted the seed in, um, in, in me on just realizing, you know, what I could be. Um, and, you know, every Sunday or Saturday, maybe at like seven thirty to maybe 10, we, I was just in a gym with him and a whole bunch of other high level, um, high school players and, and guys that came back, uh, from playing, playing college ball, you know, and so that- yeah. So who who was was he a, an AAU coach or? No, he, his claim to fame and it's probably it's so hard. I, I was trying to trying to search him when I was when I was um, when I was playing with him, but no, he he was a former NBA guy. Um, okay. You know, played uh, you know played back in the in the fifties or sixties. I don't know, man. Uh, but he was that's what was his claim to fame. He said, <laughs> "I don't need money. I got enough money. I got." I can do whatever I want with it, you know. And he's like, I just want guys to get better. And I'm so like, he just uh, happened right. to to walk in to that gym and saw you guys playing Rawway, and then saw you out after. Yeah, and, and sought me out after, and wow. And um, you know, now I, I always, always wanted to work. I always worked on my game, um, 
but it was always like a an experience for me to to work on my game when um as a uh you know i want to get better i want to be better than my friends i want to right. um it was never like okay i just want to i want to play college basketball one day like that yeah. was never a, a goal of mine um until you know people started you know seeking me out right. um i just love playing basketball and um i used it as a uh someone as a crutch right because you know my background goes from uh you know i was i was cut my my sixth grade basketball for my sixth grade basketball team from my really that was and he and the coach that cut me was my high school coach uh eugene cut you uh, yeah man he cut me when when i was in sixth grade you know really totally damaged my career no i didn't know that yeah good stuff Uh, yeah and then uh i went to live in south carolina my seventh grade year where i also got cut uh when i was trying out for the, the you know the team down there and then i came back to jersey uh you know for part of my seventh grade year then you know for my eighth grade year and i kind of came into my own my eighth grade year and then between my eighth grade and ninth grade year i uh i actually lived out in seattle in seattle washington or redmond washington uh while my dad was working for microsoft for a summer so i was out there for a full summer and i went from you know six one to six four coordinated (laughs) yeah yeah um you know so i came back after you know having a a pretty good um you know summer under my belt i know this is long-winded i'm sorry but no people wanted (laughs) um but you know i got a chance to play you know my first ever that was my first ever aau basketball experience playing with uh what ended up being you know two professional basketball players and a number of high division one guys who was on that team that, that we would know um john brockman um martel webster john brockman uh went to uh uw uh martel webster went out of uh went to the nba out of uh out of high school i believe yeah yeah um and then uh i'll say mitch uh, i forgot his last name but uh he ended up playing at stanford um so that was out in washington yeah you circuit out wow yeah okay. it was called friends of hoop and so you came back this summer going into sophomore year? Yeah, so I came back I came back the summer going into uh my freshman year. Freshman year. And then from my freshman year on I was just kinda hopping hopping on, on you know different teams and different programs. But yeah. um but you know it's funny man, none of it was like me you know, guys seek seek these teams out now, right? And try to try yeah, to yeah. It was none of that. I had no clue what AU basketball was. I just was. I just wanted to play. I just wanted to hoop. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like when we were playing, AU was around. Yeah, obviously, but it wasn't. Like, a lot of guys were multi-sport guys. It, you know, people played AAU, but it wasn't like you have to play. Yeah, and, you know, you're doing so x amount of tournaments every spring and every summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, but you know, it's obviously changed since then. So, you know, I I know we. Uh, you know, we were a little salty in <laughs> in Chatham because really the first time that I played against you was my junior year, mm-hmm. uh, and we played in the state sectional final, and you guys beat us. And so we're a little we're a little salty about that. <laughs> and then senior year, I think you were at that point you were probably what like six seven, yeah, six, maybe six eight, yeah, yeah. And were were teams your senior year were schools all over you, or was it kind of like? Because obviously you ended up going to Blair, mm-hmm. but what what made you decide that I need that I need this PG or I, I got to go to Blair? What was it? Yeah, you know, I, I did have colleges recruit me while and, and offer me scholarship while at the Summit, um, Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, West Virginia, um, Rutgers, Seton Hall, uh, UVA, uh, South Florida, and a couple other ones, um, and, and and I also had like some mid majors. Yeah. Um, but you know, it went to uh, it went to the fact that like I'm six seven, I'm 185 pounds, 190 pounds. Like there's there's no way I'm going to be able to play Big East or ACC basketball. Um, yeah. And the only way I'll be able to do that is, and you know, from what coaches were telling me, is if I either redshirt a year or mm-hmm. uh, I do you know this kind of prep school year. 
and I had Skip Prosser, who you know, late Skip Prosser, who was, yeah, who um, who came into our gym, uh, flew up to just watch to watch just watch us play open gym, and, wow. and told Coach Maxwell, I was like, listen, I'll be up there for two hours. Can you get a, a, a game going? So he ends up getting a game, and I shoot really well. He offered me a scholarship that night, but then also tells my dad and I that I would have to do a redshirt year my freshman year. And again, I'm okay. I'm so I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I'm like, what's what, what's a redshirt yeah. year? I, again, I'm everybody knows all this stuff now. It wasn't you know for me at least and my parents. It just was it was something so new. Um, so I was like, I don't want to sit out here. <laughs> like, why, why would I do that? So I that's you know one of the decisions. You know, all right, if, if that's going to be the consistent consensus for every college that I want to go to, then I might as well just go um, to a school like Bear Academy. And so, Coach Mantegna, uh, did he reach out to you? You reached out to him. I'm sure he's happy to have you. you how did that? How that go down? You know what? I have, I have no clue how that happened. I want to say, <laughs> I want to say, it was. Uh, you know, I told my parents, um, I told my parents that. Uh, sorry, I saw. Sorry, you may want to record this. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> So I'll go for outside my, my window. <laughs> I wanted to call my wife over there to go go from my deck. Um, but uh, you know, I think I think my, once I saw um, once my parents saw like, listen, this is what I want to do. Um, they started reaching out to different schools, and, and one okay. of them was Blair Academy. And I knew about Charlie Villanueva and Luol Dang and what they did the year before me. So I was like, well, this makes sense. Why don't I just go here? <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah. at that time, they had a kid not by the name of Shamari Spears, who was, you know, a, a monster. He was, I'm not sure if you remember Craig Smith mm-hmm. from Boston College, but well, yeah, huge. yeah. So he was like 6'5", you know, and just a monster. So, just a yeah, tank, yeah, so he was, he was basically Craig Smith, right? Um, okay. And he actually went to BC, you know, you know being the, the second coming to Craig Smith, but you know, didn't end up doing uh, being that. Um, but yeah, you know, I was like, oh, you know, you got this guy, you got myself, you have this kid uh, end up going to Marquette, this kid again end up going to writer. And, you know, the, some of the things I never got a chance to do was, you know, besides AAU was play with guys that were on a similar level and a similar compassion, um, had a similar compassion for the game as I did. Um, yep. And I got a chance to do that at Blair, and also got a chance to do that with, with AAU when I played for the uh, Tim Thomas players. But it was it was different then. It was you know, playing at Blair Academy was was something I wish I would have done sooner. Yeah, and so did did you live out there, or were you commuting every day from Summit? Yeah, I, I lived out there, even though I wanted to commute every single day. <laughs> it was just yeah. you know, being being the baby of the family and and wanting to. Uh, and want to also, you know, be around mom and be around, you know, my, you know, my friends I had back here in, in, uh, in, in Summit. It was always something I, I, you know, I wanted to commute, but I, you know, I, I didn't stay down there. And um, I actually got in trouble for being a TV my dorm room. Yeah, really? <laughs> you're not supposed to have one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And that's when, the, that's when the, there was a huge back to the TV. Yeah, oh yeah. Have, then I remember yeah. that. At least maybe two. the SD. Yeah, <laughs> the standard depth. So you you lugged that thing in there and got. In oh trouble. yeah, things like three hundred pounds. But I got up, I got up a couple flights of stairs and uh, and put it into my closet, <laughs> and then you know there's a huge crowd that was just circling around our room, and you know when when teachers are watching us at night, uh, you know they're like what what is going on here, and they saw that we had like. Yeah, you know, six guys in our in our dorm room, you know, playing two K, and it was like, all right, well, you you guys can't do this, <laughs> so <laughs> had to remove the TV. And so, did you ever, as as that year played out, and I don't remember the type of season that you guys had. Um, I'm sure it was a good one, but did you ever second guess the decision? Like, was it harder than what you thought? Were because the guys were a little bit better than you were used to, you know, normally playing against, or or was it just kind of a you fit in right away and it was easy. Um, it was, it was tough, man, you know, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, cause, you know, cause I'm playing in a, in a totally different system and, and playing for yeah. one year, right. Under a coach. That's, that's it. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, you know, you're trying to read, you're trying to read how somebody can, how you, how you fit into a system. Um, you have to do it really quickly, you know? So it's, it's not, 
it's not one of those things where it's like, all right, well, you're just going to, you're going to average, you know, 20, like you did at, at summit. No, like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and unfortunately, yeah, yeah. and yeah, I may have averaged like 12 or 15, you know, but you know, playing against St. Benedict's in the, in the practice school, you know, two or three times, you know, when I was playing against the practice school at some, uh, you know, I had four or five different defenders guarding me <laughs> where, uh, you yeah. know, when I was at Blair, you know, I had a one-on-one matchup. We were, you know, everybody was moving the ball. So, and it was also me learning the game from somebody different because as I mentioned before, Eugene Maxwell was my coach. Um, from like you know i guess eighth grade to my you know senior year in high school so all i knew was was his and him and his system um mm-hmm. you know so it was also learning a ton, a ton so i wish i had more time um i never regretted that year i thought that year was awesome um i probably would have been had a had more of a setback if i if i didn't have that year just because you know i would have uh, would have had to, had to learn an entirely new system like coach beeline system on the fly and and um you know so it was definitely good yeah. so now we we fast forward a little bit and, and you're going through the same process now you're doing what you know a lot of schools are saying you have to redshirt will you do the pg year and you decide on west virginia at the time with with coach beeline who i'm you know depending on the listeners some people might know him as you know michigan's previous coach but I think for, for guys our age or even a little older, mm-hmm. you remember all those great West Virginia teams that he had with, you know, like Mike Gansey and Pitt Snoggle yeah. and those runs they made in the Big East. So what, what kind of drew you? I'm assuming a lot of it was him, but why would you pick West Virginia as opposed to some of the other spots? You know, West Virginia had the system that made sense for, uh, for me. It was, you know, you know they, they, and they also were graduating – six seniors uh you know so i'm seeing myself well, i can go right in there and play but also um you know long wings that can shoot and can and can penetrate and mm-hmm. you know I, I would actually be playing my position at the at the three or possibly the two uh you know but obviously being able to play the four and, and the five if need be uh, as i end up actually doing um yeah but yeah i mean the school is awesome the, the the people at West Virginia were are awesome. Uh, the the in the hoops was 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 an up and coming. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, so and then the system worked really well for me. So uh, yeah, I mean, I was like, so that that was more of a system. I mean, obviously, you enjoyed the campus and you liked the the feel, but the system and how Beeline described it to you was was kind of the. Uh, that's what hooked yeah, you. And the fact that he wanted me there, right? I was like, I didn't have to go out and like, you know, sell myself to a program. You know, he, he wanted me there. <laughs> so he's wanted me there ever since. Right. Uh, West Virginia was the first letter I ever got. And it was from, you know, assistant coach that actually was, wasn't there when I got there. Um, but, you know, they, they, they wanted me ever since, you know, my sophomore year. I, I, you know, so it, it, it made sense. It was a match made in heaven, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, and and so yeah, you get down there, or maybe when did you go down? I'm assuming you went down pretty early in the summer. Yes, yeah, so right? I went down the spring semester um, when I, I was did. at Blair. Actually, it was like my first my first visit because I knew I was going to go go to Blair after my senior year. So there was no real reason for me to um, to commit. Uh, so I was like, you know, or to or to go on, on these tons of tons of visits. And again, we were also behind the eight ball a little bit because my parents didn't know what they were doing. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, you know, coaches were still trying to figure things out. So it was, uh, yeah, let me let me go visit, you know, while, while I was at Blair. And uh, just got a chance to to see the campus, go to a football game, um, you know, just just kind of enjoy life on uh, on a college campus. And it was it was. And then Beeline takes the Michigan (laughs) and now at this point so you're you're committed to going there when did you find out he was hitting the road so I actually had one year under beeline um yeah yeah. you did okay so you played one year and it was we we got to an NIT we won won an NIT championship that my freshman year um and I played sparingly probably like you know six minutes a game not even um but you know, we we so I played 
a little bit, but then I, you know, once, once he was done, it was okay. Like we hear these rumors that he is the, the front runner for the Michigan job and that, and keep in mind, mm-hmm. you know, our football coach also went to Michigan. Right. So, you know, the football coach talking to the AD about, you know, who do we get from, where, where can we get from any, you know, from, from anywhere. And it's like, well, maybe this guy from West Virginia. Um, you know, so we knew that he was a front runner. All of a sudden he comes in to like our end of the year meeting. We're in the film room and he's not wearing a West Virginia shirt. <laughs> I'm oh, like, wow. all right, this guy's always wearing a West Virginia shirt or a polo or something. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, he tells us then he's like, you know, guys, you know, this is a, this is a, a family decision, a business decision for me. And, um, you know, I was, I was pissed off. You know, that, you know, that's a lot of, that's a lot of planning. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, and for sure. But, you know, now looking back on it, you know, me being a 32, you realize, you know, shoot, West Virginia, Michigan, you, you, man, that's, that's tough to give up. Yeah. And did he take anybody with him? Did anyone, did anyone transfer to Michigan? No, Michigan? nobody did. You know, I, it, it always, always think about that. You know, what could have been, um, you know, maybe individually I have a better career. Um, Team wise, had an awesome career. Right, like yeah, you know, go, go to Final Four, win a Big East championship. You you, know, you you play a ton, but you know individually, you know, could I play my own position? Could I average more points? Who knows, right? But you know, all those right. things, it's um, you know, hate hate looking back, but you know, definitely definitely thoughts run through my mind a little bit. And and so he he takes off for Michigan, and all you guys stay, which I actually think is pretty cool, and and probably I, I would imagine had a big deal with the success that you ended up having your junior and senior mm-hmm. years. Um, and so Huggins, Huggins gets yep. the job, right. And, and talk to me about that. I mean, we could talk about him forever, <laughs> but what was, what was the honest feedback from the team when you found out that Huggins was, was coming back to uh, his home state? Of West you know, so once we found out, um, we actually didn't find out from like the administration. We actually found out from uh, Johnny West, and his dad, because his dad is Jerry West, you know, obviously a big, mm-hmm. uh, big alumni from uh, from West Virginia. Um, you know, so, you know, we're, we're talking about it. And, and Johnny's saying we'll, we'll likely have Coach Huckins come and be our coach. And I'm like, man, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, really like this guy, like any, you know, anybody but him. Yep. You know, yeah. so it was like, because you know, I'm, I'm watching Cincinnati games. So I'm like, there's no way yeah. I could ever play for a guy like that. Like, there's, like, I, I just, I, I'm not built for that. And, and shoot, man, he saw right through that too. Um, yeah. But, you know, it turned around and I was like, listen, let me let us, right? Because, you know, he brought in eight guys, three guys left, and, you know, the rest, the rest of us stayed. And it was like, let's, one, let's form a pack that we're always that we're going to stay and, and do this thing with him. But let's also make sure that we become one of his players, right? Become one of his guys. And you know, it's, it's funny he always mentions, or he always mentioned, wait until I get my guys in here. Just wait, just you wait. Like so, it, it, that was his. That, that was, was his calling that card. Was his first thing, year. You know, and I want to become. If I want to become one of his guys, and he's talking about, let me get. Let me yeah. you know, wait until I get my guys in here and you know so yeah, that's building up so much animosity towards the recruits that he actually did bring it <laughs> you know so yeah. uh you know which which was fine right because you, you need that kind of competition during the course of practices and games and um but yeah it was it was it was uh it was definitely an experience so from the outside looking in he he seems like obviously a man of a few words and, and more of, you know, looks and uh, physically intimidating and, and just the way his guys play, obviously, is, is different from most. Uh, what When he first got in, what how did he address you guys? Was it just like, hey, this is my way or the highway or like, hey, I'm happy to be here? What, what, what did he yeah, like? You know what? He, he first addressed us with, you know, yeah, he's happy to be there. You know, because you yeah, remember he, he left, you know, he got uh, he got let go of Cincinnati um which was mm-hmm. which was devastating he probably would have been there in his entire career uh it took a it took a year or two off went to k-state left k-state after a year and then took the west virginia job so you know he was happy to be there but he was also like listen we're gonna change some things uh we're gonna get yep. jordan gear we're gonna get um a new jumbotron we're gonna get a new court we're gonna get new uniforms that look amazing um 
and he do, he did all those things right with with uh yeah with the help of you know the the women's team and others right he he did he did what he said he was going to do and we're and he said you know we're going to become a, a basketball school <clears throat> instead of a football school right and right now when you think about west virginia you think about their hoops team um and and not their bas- their football team as people once did um so he was yeah. definitely excited to be there and that, all that stuff appeals to players too like right and we're going to change the gear we're going to get a new court all that stuff is is exciting um and i actually i wouldn't have pictured him yeah i i've read about him and, and watched a ton of videos and and uh, actually seen some of the the cool things he's done like mm-hmm. to the arena with bringing in a lot of the history um, in that place, which is fantastic. And he, he's, I feel like he brings that blue collar toughness that I'm sure the people enjoy. Um, and it, it also seems to me like a pretty tough place to play. And when you add the way that his guys prepare and, and the way they play, it's um, it is kind of an intimidating style of basketball so your sophomore year did you did you get much burn yeah so my sophomore year I, I was six man um it's funny man I'm actually watching more games now of of when we played my sophomore and junior year um you know because you know people may not know now but back then I was an athlete mm-hmm. right like I was I was able to jump and and, and move my feet laterally and pretty quickly and uh and I was able to do a lot more things than you know when I actually became a senior but you know I was six man playing behind Joe Alexander, uh, who ended up going the uh, the eighth was the eighth pick in the draft to the Milwaukee Bucks, and Deshaun Butler, who ended up being, you know, basically my you know uh, 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 I, I'm a big fan of his, and, uh, and we're still uh, we're still mm-hmm. friends to this day. But I, you know, I ended up playing behind him my sophomore year as well, um, and then also our seven foot center, right? So mostly. At times, when I was going in as a sophomore, I was going in to replace my seven-foot center. You know, so it was you know yep. a, the roster, the lineup was at that point six eight, six seven, six seven, six five, and you know six two. And uh, you know, besides Villanova, um, you know, th- there weren't many rosters that were that could that were doing that, right? That can you know all all positions somewhat are interchangeable. Yep. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I played, a, I played a quite a amount, quite a, quite a bit uh, when I was at uh, sophomore. So take take us take us through like a typical Huggins practice for the the coaches or just the kids that want to know what it's like in a in a Division One atmosphere. What what does a typical practice look like for a Huggins? <laughs> well, first off, the treadmill is on the side. One or, one or two treadmills are on the side of the uh, of the court, always turned on. Um, right, they're, they're running at 15, 16 miles per hour. And if you mess up, you're going over to the treadmill running for there for 30 seconds, right? Now, you have to – yeah. All right, so wait, let me let me stop you there. Messed up meaning you turn the ball over, you're you're not getting back on defense specifics or just like anything he deemed not good enough, just get off the court, get on the That, right, it was, it was, it was his road. But, um, but, yeah, there were some specifics, right? Like we had different rules. You have to get opposite and inside, right? And when I tell my guys, it was like 70% of rebounds are going to the opposite side. You know, so opposite mm-hmm. and inside, you got to get inside your man, push him out, and try and put you, get yourself in position to get a rebound. Uh, so that was a rule for all of the you know forwards and bigs that are playing on our teams. Um, we wanted to be, be able to get up the line, get in the gaps, and play in the gaps, and that was mm-hmm. also something that was uh, was you know a, a reason to use a treadmill. We wanted to um, we wanted just to to play. To play big and, and, and not play soft, uh, playing in the Big East and shoot, man, if, if you did something that was deemed soft, yeah, you're going over to the treadmill. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah. and then it's like you know, <laughs> if if you if you miss a run, uh, you do you do a couple twenty twos, which are you know down back down back in twenty two seconds, yep. uh, then you also have to go to the treadmill. <laughs> you know, so you know, there's there there was a whole bunch of stuff, but um. But yeah, I mean, going back, regular practices are, are three hours long. Um, they are intense. Um, you know, what he used to say is like, listen, we got to practice our defense, our team defense for an hour. Our, you know, individual defense for like a half hour. We got to practice on offense for an hour. And then we have to find some time to get you guys, get you guys better. 
And I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're right. Where as a coach, beeline practice was probably like two hours, really focused on fundamentals, drills to get you to get us better. And then the rest of the time was around our offense. And then, you know, probably 30 minutes yep. on defense. Right. So a lot more skill work and individual. Yeah. And, and you saw that the, with the way that those guys, that we were able to shoot the ball my freshman year. And, and then, the, you know, historically, the way that beeline, um, you know, coach teams are able to shoot the ball in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. And so did he, um, so that's, that's a good breakdown. So a lot more time, especially early in the practice was spent on team defense and individual defense. And then you do some, and offensively, what were you guys primarily doing? Um, like the last couple of years, were you doing the five out stuff? Yes. Yeah. Spread. Yeah. Was, we were going f- our sophomore year to, you know, they're still doing somewhat some form of a five out, but you know, they have two six nine guys that can, you know, that are, are studs yeah. right now. But yeah, we we're, were always doing five out. You know, pass, cut, replace, screen away. Um, you know, I want to call it somewhat of a you know a player's offense because you know you can you can do so many different things off that as, you, as long as you're consistently moving, and you're, and you're not uh, yeah. you're not stagnant in just one spot. Um, Unless y'all don't need to tell you that, right? You should, you already know that. But yeah, yeah this is, I mean, it was, it was, mm-hmm. it was an awesome, awesome offense to run as opposed to what I was running previously at, with Coach Beeline, where it's like you had so many different rules. And, yeah. and I would yeah. be so confused at times because, shoot, man, I'm thinking, oh, do I need to cut now or do I need to screw away or do I need to go to this gap? So yeah, it was, yeah, it, yeah. Was, uh, it was a lot. So you and, you enjoyed the Huggins style of, of a little bit more free flowing, less set calling. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just because I mean, there was there was just a lot more flow that you can do. Now I'm sure you would probably say the same thing with the coach beeline, you know, uh, uh, you know, offense as well. As long as you know you knew what you were doing, which you know, at times I had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> so um, that's yeah, probably also yeah. why I probably didn't play as, as much as I did either. <laughs> Man, so. So you guys, you're in the old Big East, in my opinion, was, you know, those years were some of the absolute best. I Me, mean, you go back to like 03, 04, 05, those are great years. But, you know, like six, seven, eight, um, that that was real, really good basketball, man. And you guys, your senior year, uh, so you go 13 and five, right? you finish six in the AP poll, I'm pretty sure. Uh, just behind cues for winning it outright, but then you go to the Big East tournament and you guys win it. And what was that like, man? I mean, you're you're a train ride away from Summit. I'm sure you had tons of family and, and a lot of people there to watch you. The Garden is the greatest place to play mm-hmm. basketball in the world. What is it like to? And you're a Jersey, you know, we'll call you Jersey, yeah. New York City kid. What it is was, that like? It was an awesome experience, knowing that there was going to be. You know, a majority of my of my peers that you know, whether I went to high school with them or um, or college or just my family in general, like I knew that there'd be a ton of people that were following our our success that Big East run. Um, but what it but it ultimately came down to is like, dude, this is my last year. It's my last year. I'm playing the Big yeah. East tournament at the Garden. Uh, we are a really good team. We haven't lost since you know we played UConn. I forgot when that game was, but maybe like. January, we were on a, like a 13, 15 game winning streak. Um, and we just after, uh, after, uh, we just, we just beat Villanova after, you know, 16 points down. So, we're like, listen, we're, we're on a high. Um, and we know how to play because we've been grinding out games for an t- entire season. Um, you know, so, you know, to answer your question, to, to play at, at the Garden was awesome. Um, especially, you know, knowing I was a, a Jersey. Jersey kid. And I feel like those games, so you beat um, Cincy, which I'm sure was was nice for him. You beat Notre Dame, and then you beat Georgetown by, so Cincinnati by three points, Notre Dame by two, Georgetown by two. So yeah. those games were tight, man. And I that had to have helped looking ahead. You know, you didn't know it at the time, but winning those close games and, and winning that Big East tournament had to have helped that what was eventual, eventually a, a fantastic run mm-hmm. in the NCAA tournament. 
Um, what was there a player in the Big East? I mean, we could go through <laughs> a million names of guys that you played against, but give me one, one guy that you it, it just Big East related that you matched up against or that was on the same court as you that was just on another level, like a guy that you just couldn't you know, believe how good he was. Yeah, um, unmovable object was Dewan Blair uh, at Pitt, and I just yeah, uh, you know, I had to play my junior and senior year. I had to play the center position, right? A six seven two. 235 my my junior year, 245, 250 my junior year. Um, and my frame doesn't hold that weight. <laughs> uh, his does. His, his had no problem holding that. <laughs> Your entire life. <laughs> so, uh, you know, yeah. you got different muscles. And But Dewan Blair, I mean, if folks look him up, uh, he played at uh, he played for the Spurs a couple. He had a couple of runs for the Spurs and um, likely somewhere else. But man, he was just he was skilled for being a six foot five guy uh, that could rebound, could move his feet like no other. Um, couldn't jump a ton, but man, he was just he was just tough. He was tough. And that that was your hardest matchup in my mind. Dewan Blair was was the toughest matchup I had. Um, you know, but you know the Big East was was really good back then. Yeah, you, you know Roy Hibbert, oh, you had man. Greg Monroe, you had uh, you know, I mean, Dewan Summers, uh, Dewan Green, um, I and mean, you just had so many guys yeah. um, that were just really good. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that was the toughest matchup I've, I've, I can say by far, just Big East related. And was was there a time just to maybe rewind it back a little bit where? a game maybe that that didn't go the way you guys wanted that senior year and and what was it what was it like like i'm thinking of the <laughs> Purdue game which i know you hate you no, know, no. we don't like to bring that one up but it's it's always it's always on it's ESPN on the big Classic. 10 network those freaking guys just um, love love playing that game yeah. i'm not sure why <laughs> it's always on and i always yeah, that's watch a tough it. one and uh and our rad who you know uh Guest went to Purdue and he always texts me and I'll text you. But what what was it like to just get? And it didn't happen much that year. But when you got your doors blown off, what what's a Huggins like post game speech like? Is, does he does he yell? Does he scream? Or does he just say like I'll see? He you definitely screams. Uh, yeah, he definitely yells. He he calls you every word under the book. Um, but you know it, it's it's for a reason, right? We all know we all know it's for a reason, and it's not delicious it's like you know you have another gear and when you have and, and when you come out and lay an egg like that then you, you're not ready to play right so you know he says yeah. that in in a very different tone right you know but uh he's <laughs> yeah. he, he is uh you know but when you have robbie hummel james uh, james johnson eton moore uh you know and then you have purdue with a student section that's right on top of the the visitors bench, um, it's a it's a it, you would never know it from looking at it on TV, but it's a very small gymnasium, um, nothing like a high school, but you know it's a it's condensed where you know the sound is right on top of you. Um, that's just the toughest. That's a, you know in my mind, that's the toughest place I've ever played. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. It's, it, I, I was assuming oh, that Mackey would no be question. up there. That, that was no the hardest, question. just because of the 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 amount of students they pack in that place obviously the fact that they yeah. sell out pretty much every game uh what are what's another spot that you just felt like maybe maybe a big east uh a big east spot where you're like man i, I this is going to be brutal you just know going in it's going to be a tough, yeah, tough it was always tough environment um you know they're called the zoo but you know the, the, <laughs> those guys uh, the student section does uh some some incredible recon <laughs> before before each game now it never thank goodness maybe it did but shoot i never got it never got to me you know but people were talking about you know guys girlfriends you know guys moms i'm like yeah you guys are relentless um you know but yeah man the pit was tough you know if, and that's like a pretty big robbery right for west yeah. virginia it used to be not you know it hasn't been in the past in past years but um but yeah it, it, it definitely is um at least when I was there, especially after you know the, the <clears throat> Ronald Ramon play that will uh will live in uh in infamy and in, in, in my mind at least. And and then whenever those guys play. Yeah, yeah. 
so now we we go to the NCAA tournament and just to to kind of cruise through that you beat Morgan State I think you got we were you a two seed, seed which was right? odd because we should have been a one seed after playing you know the Big East tournament is the best best conference in, in the country and you know we we win the Big yeah. East tournament and we end up being a two seed which doesn't make sense but you know so yeah so you got Morgan State you beat Missouri mm-hmm. and you beat Washington and then to me the most impressive of all we're going to get to some <laughs> of the names in this game but you beat uh, I I have to imagine I don't know for a fact you would know was Kentucky the overall Ken- number one? Ah, hmm. Yeah, it, it, it makes sense that like Kentucky right? was overall think. number one. Um, it's because that roster, I mean, that roster was, was loaded. Yeah. Loaded. <laughs> We're going to get to that in a second. And then, then you play Duke in the Final Four. But the Washington and Kentucky games, when I was – and I, wa- I actually watched them back. Um, I watched the Kentucky game and I watched the Duke game before this. Because you can find those on YouTube if anybody wants to uh, wants to to watch some some really good basketball. The fact that it was played in the Carrier Dome was that an advantage for you guys? You um, played up there. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure if it was an advantage. I, maybe. Um, I think the last time we played in the, in the Carrier Dome, it was my junior year. Um, you know, so okay. I, I, maybe the only advantage probably possibly was. Uh, is the, you know we were we were playing closer to home than Kentucky was. Now now Big Blue Nation, they, you know those guys mm-hmm. travel. Um, that was actually our second time oh, yeah. playing Kentucky in my four years at West Virginia. Um, but yeah, I mean those obviously it was a completely different roster. <laughs> but yeah, Syracuse was, was was a tough place to play. So Kentucky that year for the and kids younger kids will know this, obviously older people too, but they had. On that starting lineup, they had John Wall, Eric Fletto, and DeMarcus Cousins. So I just did a little research. John Wall, highest, making $40 million a year. Bledsoe, 18. Cousins at his highest point was making $20 million a year. So you have, I mean, three big-time no big time basketball players. And mm-hmm. overall number one seed. Going into that game, was there, was there a thought that, you know what, this might be this team – you know, we could definitely beat this team. It's going to be tough to beat this team. What was the blueprint? You know what? To beat um, going into that game, we we looked at matchups. And I was like, you know, damn. You know, the, one, I got I, I got the guard DeMarcus yeah. Cousins. This guy's six <laughs> six eleven two ninety. Yeah. You know, yeah, like you know, shoulders as long as backboard. Like there's there's just no way. So I'm looking at like, all right, well, it's going to be a long night, but you know, it's, it's not something. It's not anything I haven't I wasn't able to do before, right? So, and also, you know, these guys are freshmen. You know, yep. we're, we're we're a whole bunch of seniors exactly. and juniors and and sophomores. I mean, we, we we've played this game before. We've had that experience. You know, so the, the game plan was to limit transition, uh, make them shoot jumpers. You know, you saw that from when, we, when you watched that game. It was uh, you know, they couldn't mm-hmm. they couldn't hit a jumper. Yeah. Right. Um, we we started in the nope. one three one, went to man out of uh out of I think off of misses. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was you know, limit transition, get get rebounds and be scrappy um, and, and then make them shoot as many jumps as possible. I thought the, I thought the one through one was, and I know you guys played it that year, a decent amount, but I thought that was, that was huge for you guys. Uh, Cause it, it made them eat some time off the shot clock, which was huge. And then, like you said, limiting them to jumpers mm-hmm. and not letting them get to the rack, which they were doing yeah. whenever they wanted the entire year. Uh, I felt like they and they were younger and they got frustrated. And you guys played a, just an A plus game. Who who had the assignment of guarding John Wall? Uh, it was Devney Banks, <clears throat> and then it was uh, was Joe Mazzulla. Okay. Uh, Devney Banks ended up going to the Lakers and played with Kobe Bryant for I want to say two years. And then Joe Mazzulla is actually the assistant coach mm-hmm. for uh, for the Celtics right now. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Is he really? Was he, he was a, a he was a senior. Was he he, 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 he came at the same time, but he did a redshirt year, his junior year. For you guys, and he came off the bench. Came off the bench. Um, after uh, Chuck Bryant, you know, he fractured his foot in practice, so he came off the bench. And yeah, yeah. I mean, she, truth be told, he probably shouldn't be starting, but you know, Eagles, Eagles get the way of that. Yeah, yeah. So you you beat Kentucky, which is enormous. You, you're going to the Final Four. Yeah. Um, in Indy, right? And that's got to be just an unbelievable experience to head back to West Virginia for a few days and 
probably get <laughs> showered with praise and which obviously you guys deserved. But now you have to game plan for a Duke team that honestly maybe on paper doesn't, didn't look like one of their better teams, but in my opinion absolutely was. Um, and when you watch that game, it's they just and I want to I want you to talk a little bit about what the plan going in was, but no. man, they they just didn't miss. You know what I mean? They just really, especially in that game, they just did not miss. Every mistake you guys yep. made, they just yep. capitalized on the entire game. And you would hang in there, um, and then they would, like, you know, w- one mistake would turn into a three, and, and maybe a, a turnover would, would come right back and be another three, and you just couldn't really close the gap. So what was the, the game you know, plan? We Duke beat Duke team? in 2008, and it was it was somewhat of the same yep. same team besides, like, Joe Henderson – who left for the NBA, um, but it was like the same team. So you know, with those guys being somewhat the same, you know, you've had, they had to have remembered that game. Coach K likely using it for, you know, fuel. And those guys probably weren't even thinking. Um, and I'm not sure what they did the previous year, Duke, I mean, but those guys probably weren't even thinking about the final four. They were thinking like, yeah, we need to beat West Virginia. Like we owe them, you know, yeah. just, just from what they did to us back in 2008. Um, so, you know, our matchup process, we're going to, we're going to, uh, we're going to uh, switch everything um, besides the, the point guard position, um, you know, limit uh, middle mm-hmm. drives, limit straight line drives, you know, rebound the ball, you know, things that we've been doing the entire year. Right? And, and to be perfectly honest with you, this was the better matchup for us, right? Like, you know, uh, uh, six NBA guys, yeah, six NBA guys is yeah, a great I'm matchup good. for us. But, um, you know, we'll take we'll take two or three NBA guys, uh, especially with the season we were having. Yeah. And I, so you, like you said, you you guys were switching everything most most of the year. Do you? I don't know when the last time you watched a game was. Do you feel like switching in that game uh, hurt you guys a little bit? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think, I think we were, I think we were playing honest defense. Um, I haven't watched the game in a while, but I think we were playing honest, honest enough defense to where um, if we were, if we weren't switching, I'm not sure what we would have been do- doing differently. Right? Like you've been switching the entire year, you know, not switching would, would have been, you know, breaking our identity. Um, you know, it just, it just made sense from a personnel standpoint. And then you, you got to keep in mind, there were three guys that were just doing something, right? Shire, Singler, and Smith, Nolan Smith, where the other two guys were just literally just rebounders. Rebounders and screeners. So like Yeah, Zubax screening everything. Right. right? And Lance and, Thomas, right? And, and, and you know, doing what he was doing. And, and so yep. like there was there was no reason for us to lose the game besides the fact that they just they out hustled us. Um and they uh and they made every single shot. But keep in mind, like going up to the final four, there was just a ton of stuff that you did to before, before the game even started from interviews to commercials to, um, yeah. you know, just different conversations to banquets. Like there's just stuff. <laughs> so, you know, if you're not used to that yep. um, and you don't, you don't get prepared to, to go through that, then you're going to have no clue what you're doing. You're gonna get, you're gonna get, you know, just get swallowed up in, into it pretty quickly. Man, and I, did you feel like they were they were tougher than you imagined going into to the game? Because you look at the team, and you're like, oh, how you know how tough can these guys be? I felt like they were way more physical than I ever would have. Yeah, thought, they, especially they were, playing you guys. They were they were physical. Um, they were strong. Uh, they were uber competitive. Um, but again, they had they had a, they had a they had a uh, something to get off their chest from you know back when they played before. So you know they were they were definitely pushing us around, and um, you know we were just it looked like we were just happy to be there. And the probably the the worst moment, obviously, your buddy uh, Butler goes down yeah. with the I think he tore his ACL right in that game, and and it, it you know turned out to almost be like. And icon- a sad, iconic moment for Huggins because nobody ever saw him show any type of compassion like that. And he's on the ground, uh, kind of hugging him while he's while he's down there. Did that just? I think there were about ten minutes left in the game. Did that just take 
all the wind out of your guys' sails or I mean, that's, that's brutal. That just, that never seems to happen in the biggest game. Um, how hard was that just to keep going 10 minutes left with your, one of your really good friends and, and probably your best player that year, you know, he's done. I wanted to win for him. Um, you know, I, yeah, he was, he was the best player on the team. No doubt. Right. He had, he had six game winning shots. Yeah. You know, we're not there. We're not, we don't ever get to that point unless they on the team. So, you know, to say I wanted to win for him, uh, I definitely did, but it would have, it was an uphill battle once he, once he got done. So, you know, you, I think we were down, I think we, the, the, end, yeah. the end score ended up being like, you know, I think we lost by 20. Yeah. yeah it wasn't indicative of, yeah. of the game in my opinion uh, at all. But like I said, when that happens with nine minutes to go, it's just gotta be a brutal, I mean, that's a brutal loss at any point, but in a final four game like that, it's just, it's, oh, it's brutal to, to watch and to see. Um, and like I said, but I, if there's any any possible silver lining, it was like that moment where everybody got to see Huggins and the connection that he had with his players, um, and that player in particular. I mean, that was a very humanizing mm-hmm. moment for him in my mind. Um, so, and, and you know, did did he end up playing? He was going to be a, a yeah. high draft pick, I would I would imagine that year. He did played he in the, he played in the, in the D League or the G League now, um, and. Uh, but he, he he got and he got drafted. He got drafted forty something. Was it forty seconds to the Heat um, when LeBron James just made his decision to okay. to you know, head to Miami? Um, you know, but again, he was rehabbing most of the time. Uh, uh, so, yeah. but yeah, you know, he's still playing. He's he, I think he's playing in Israel. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's uh, making good money oh, in is Israel. He really? um, for guys that are listening, you know, there's there's a lot of money to be made, not just in the NBA, but you know, everywhere. You know, so. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, he's making good money in Israel and, and and playing really good hoops. Man, and so the the season obviously comes to an end there, and, and amazing, uh, amazing run, and and now you got to, yep. you know, it's over just like that. Snap the finger, it's just it's done. How long did it take you to to kind of get over the loss and start thinking about all right, what do I want to do next in my life? Like how long was is that? Uh, a couple days or is that like you know it was, um, you just never it was a very vulnerable point in my life you know once once i realized like like this is this is it like there's no more schedule there's no more you know wake up call there's no more class checkers there's no more study hall or or practice yeah. you know this was four years of my life that you know you realize it's 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 over in an instance um you know so there was i was very vulnerable very very emotional around like this there's nothing else you know, I can do um, besides, you know, think about the next step, right? Which was for me playing professionally um, and, and choosing an agent that would, uh, you know, be the best advocate for me playing anywhere. Um, so, yeah, you know, that was, you know, that's what I was, that's what I was looking into. And so you get an agent and you, you know the the school year ends and you you decide to go yeah so you know, going right? into that i was the school year ends I, I i grab an agent from you know it was actually hugs agent and uh and deshaun's agent which you know hindsight being 2020 may not have been the best idea um and then uh yeah I, you know I, I had a number of different offers to go to different parts of the world uh i ended up heading into japan just because um you know, was thinking about money and money was, 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 a was a factor there. Um, and it was entirely different culture. If I was to do it again, I probably wouldn't go to Japan, but, um, just because, you know, the culture was, was entirely different. Um, the, uh, the hours were entirely different, 16 hour difference. And, yeah. um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, no question. Like, like you are zero entrenched. To right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Everything it was it was tough. Slips. It was tough, but you know, once I'm I'm in Japan, I get you know, two or three weeks into I'm there, I get hurt, um, I fracture my foot, and I'm out for four months. Um, you know, so I, I come back and and play in about six games, uh, and that was and then I refractured my foot, and that was the extent of my professional career. So you fracture your foot, you do a four month. Mm-hmm. Just where you're working, you're rehabbing everything. You finish out. You play six games to finish that that year, and then 
you just at the start of the next season or like so I, I refractured it at that six game then? actually so I, yeah like mid-season I, I refractured it I'm like yeah. you know I'm done I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I made the wow. decision I made an irrational yeah. decision and those that you of you that are listening that you know might be you know whoever you are um you know, never make irrational decisions. Right? So, uh, you know, always think through decisions. Know exactly what could be the the, the outcome of the decision. Uh, you know, so I uh, I made an irrational decision. Say, just forget this. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm I'm going home. I, I can't I can't do this. I can't rehab for another two months. You know, to wait for this this indiv- you know invisible gap to to close. Um, I can't do it. All right. So that now I'm like, listen, I'm going home. And they told the league that night that I was heading home. Long story short, I woke up the next day. Listen, I made, I made a rational decision. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. You know, I want to stay. And uh, they said, well, I'm sorry. No, we already gave up your spot on the the team. Right. So, and that was it. And that was, uh, once I came back to, to the States, it was, you know, do you, do you, you know, try to, try to, you know, find another job? Do you go back professionally? What do you do? I'm already playing with a stress fracture in my shin uh, from my college years, a stress fracture in my foot, um, which, you know, both those things haven't healed yet. I realistically just need time. If I just take time, basically like a year, do I, do I try to come back after a year? And that, and that's where, you know, kind of things got a little bit here. Cause I'm like, Damn, you know, I would love to continue playing, but you know, it, it, it's not, it's not a likely, um, possibility for a return yeah and and that's where i feel like so many guys when it's all over and you know it is and you you decide to hang them up it's like all right what what do i your life has been for better mm-hmm. or for worse your life is, yep. has been basketball centered right for the last not even four years you go back to your high school and the time of blair and and then all the time you put in in west virginia i'm sure being there probably over the length of the summer and then you you could just continue it because that's what you do and you're very good at it. And then when it's over, trying to figure out like what what do I do next? I mean, who? So who did you who did you rely on to maybe as um, you know for some guidance or how did you decide to? Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk a little bit about what you're doing now. But this yeah, is 2011, what, 2011, uh, yep. You come back. So and, and so what? I didn't know what I wanted to do? do. I knew I had to get a job. Um, and just spend time just like, you know, rehabbing, thinking things, thinking life through and what the next step could be. I didn't do that. Um, and I, I'm so, you know, I'm still to this day somewhat irrational in the way I make decisions. I start to start, I try to think a little, think through a little bit more things, but, um, you know, so I, I jumped into a, a gig selling insurance, right? Was a, a recruiter reached out to me and said, Hey, looking for athletes um in sales as a financial advisor and uh and that's why i jumped into i was a financial advisor for uh, mass mutual um for two years and were you living in the yeah i was living living in in, i was living back in summit um with with my girlfriend from west virginia okay uh who is now my wife and uh you know so i was i was living i was living here yeah And then you decide you kind of want yeah. to get back into the hoop scene, right? And and we'll we'll kind of uh, jump to what you're doing now, which uh, I know very well, and and that's the Unity Legends, and you have your own yeah. you know, your own AAU squad <laughs> or squads, uh, many teams, and you're coaching uh, two three, two teams, and hopefully one day one. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot, um, which I know all, all too well. It's a, it's a grind. And, um, but I think the, the way that, that you're trying to do it and the type of players you're trying to get, um, it is a really good thing. I think it's a breath of fresh air. And what, what type of advice are you giving guys that play for you or guys that maybe want to look not, not necessarily guys that are going to go play out of West Virginia because that's so rare. But guys that just want to continue playing at the next level, whether that be D three or or maybe yeah. a, you know a mid major or a high level D one, what do, what's your best advice? You know, so what, one of the things we're doing now, and I'll take a step, let's take take a step back a little bit, just because you know during this pandemic, um, it's been it's been tough trying to to really 
engage with our guys um, when it, you know, because, you know, we engage with our guys when we're on the court um, and not so much just generically. So I've been trying to do that more, um, you know, just generically reaching out and saying, hey, what's going on? Let's jump on Xbox and play 2K. One of the things that we've been doing for the past five weeks now is on Tuesday and Thursday are, are film sessions that are based around, um, you know, games that I've played at West Virginia, uh, games that our guys have played. Um, and even tonight, we're doing something with my coach from Blair, Blair Academy, Coach Mantegna, who's going to do a film session about his game um, mm-hmm. and his team's games uh, and, and just kind of give the insights in and out so on on uh on the game so i am trying to instill in these guys and let them know because we've had guests that have joined our, our film sessions from you know professional basketball players to uh unt legends alum to uh to you know college division one coaches so i'm trying to instill in these guys like listen and we've watched like d3 games d1 games there's there's basketball players everywhere and i know every everybody wants to go high level division one it is, it is somewhat impossible to do that. And one percent of, of athletes go to Division One. Like, think yeah. about that. Like, so you know, I, I want them to understand. Like, one, yeah. it 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 could be highly unlikely that you go to Division One, but there's really good basketball in Division Two and Division Three. All right. So I, I really want them to understand that. And then on top of that, you know, when we have professional guys on, you know, my my teammates, uh, I want them to know, like, guys, there's there's guys that are playing professional basketball as division three basketball players. Um, you know, so don't discount the fact that mm-hmm. just because they play D three, that they can't play pro hoops or just, if you go D three, that you can't play pro hoops. If that's something you want to do one day. Um, you know, so, and I also want them to see how hard people are playing, how they're consistently moving. They're not going out of script of what the game plan is. Um, they need to see all that. Yeah. Yeah, and and doing the film session. Yeah, is what yeah, what platform Zoom are you doing? And uh, Zoom meet, and then you share the screen. Yeah, yeah. Just I think it's have guys talk. I over think it's it's been awesome. Down. You know, and and with my with my former teammates, um, we use it as like, hey, just it's just time to catch up and to and to, um, you know, tell our we have, you know, there's like a hundred on invite, but you know, twenty five to thirty folks usually show up. And it's like a, just it's a generic conversation. Yeah. You know, what do you think about, you know, X, Y, and Z player? Oh, how does it still run the same system? Um, you know, and, and, you know, can you, tell, can you tell these guys about playing professionally? How long you've been doing it? What got you there? But, I mean, it's similar to what we're doing now. Yep. And I feel like it can go a couple different ways with, with this pandemic. Obviously, everybody wants to be back at work. And there's a... Um, a novel fun to, to being home for a week, almost like a Christmas break or something like that. But now it's, it's way past no that and, and everybody's dying to get back to just some normalcy in their own lives. But having outlets where, where you, like you said, you can just talk and you can think about things and um, have access to, to a zoom meeting or uh, like for myself, having time to do, to do this podcast, like there are creative ways that you can still branch the game. Um, and, and mm-hmm. stay involved without actually playing, which is hard, no doubt. But uh, but that stuff's important. It's important that that guys, especially your guys and, and kids playing high school right now, aren't taking this time to, to just sit around and um, yeah <laughs> and think like, oh, I don't know when we're gonna get back. So yep. like you gotta you gotta keep going. You gotta keep working, and you yep. gotta stay on top of it because eventually we are gonna be back. And I I feel like this layoff because it's mm-hmm. the first time anything like this has ever happened and it's going to be pretty telling if if you go back in let's say two months three months and you do have a little bit yeah. of a season like who who yeah. was doing yeah. what? and how do you pretty and, quick and it's, it's a lot of time it's even off. a tougher time to getting back in shape right like you know you play three games four games hopefully you yeah. know, five six games in the course of a weekend what how are you gonna get in shape right you, you, you're playing you're playing you know games from eight to eight yeah. and you know regardless of, of, you know, the kind of human being you are, basketball is tough, right? So, you know, you got to, hopefully these guys are, are, are being, are ready yep. to hoop. I'm trying to make sure that they're ready just by our film sessions, pushing out different workouts, um, being active, just 
uh, and, and speaking to them and letting them know, like, guys, you know, still stay sharp. And, and what we have that the most pro- programs may not have yep. uh, is the ability to uh, to reach out to um, any college coach uh, in the country with a platform called Sports Recruits. Right? And we use that for our high school athletes, and uh, they have found it yeah. very valuable because, you know, these D1 or these coaches, these college coaches, are in the same boat as, as us. You know, we can't – they can't go anywhere either. You know, all they can do is evaluate film um, and profiles – uh, yeah. Yeah, that's it, man. And we, I was—it's too bad Chris couldn't uh, join us today. He's the the coach at Washington Lee, who normally is on the show with me. But we talk about it a lot. How hard the recruiting process is for everybody right now because there is no there there's no live games. And and what he would say, and what most college coaches would tell you mm-hmm. is that like the the tape is is fantastic. Um, and if you can't yeah. make a good highlight tape, that, then you're just not a very yeah. good player, obviously. You're, you're collecting your highlights. So, um, But you, you have to go watch people live. And that's why I'm saying eventually this thing's going to break and, and people are going to go back. So the internal motivation to get up and to do the work that needs to be done in order to improve yourself um, solo, because it's, it's harder to work out by yourself yep. than it is with a group of people, will be huge, you know. And I think I know you guys are, are trying to do it and, and programs all around the country are trying to keep guys connected. But hopefully people that listen to this will um, you know, take away some some motivation that like I, I got to keep it going because this thing is going to stop at some point. And, uh, and I hope exactly everybody's right. just working on their games and, and improving. Uh, well, listen, man, thanks so much for, for coming on. I think this is going to be a, a must listen for a lot of people. Obviously, you're you know, a good friend of, of mine and, and, but even taking an hour out of your time, even though we all have a little bit more now, I, I really appreciate it. And, uh, no, Kyle, this, this is awesome. Man. And again, really appreciate people. You, you know, you, our relationship, um, you know, just, I mean, it's, it's been awesome getting to know you, you know, we, we, we started off as rivals. Uh, it's been, it's been, it's been nothing but an op- a great opportunity to, <laughs> to learn from you and, and to, um, and to continue growing our relationship. So, yeah, this is the fun. Yeah, no doubt, man. Likewise, and uh, I'll, we'll be in touch soon. And uh, yes, stay safe yes, you and, too, uh, you too. Give your right, family buddy. a hug. Looking forward to it. Thank you.